Hello everybody. Today is June 28th, 2022. It's the new moon and I'm going to be reading the 10th episode of the Mino Diaries. Hope y'all enjoy it. The Mino Diaries, episode 10, Land of Many Tongues, Delta Trinity. Number one, the evolution of the river. Charity was born into the embrace of loving hands, and her beauty was established across land. The bees buzzed at her birth. The buzzard took flight. She was seen and uplifted with light poured into her soul, adored with her eyes, big lashed and clear like sky. No lies in those innocent orbs, only truth in her youth when she existed for herself, her mind, body, and spirit one not broken into shattered pieces yet. She was a tame thing, comfortable in the quiet where everything fascinated, the flutter of butterflies, remarkable, so big were the trees. Charity belonged to everything gold, blue, and green. Natural-born queen, no effort to be seen, she just was, unfazed by strange touch and harsh sound. Youthful charity's soul was unbound, round and whole, full as the earth. Her soul craved the sway of dance, sing of song. Oh, how naturally her wrist flipped and twisted. Her hips dipped, her feet pivoted. Charity moved like water, a water daughter. Nothing sexual in nature, though designated onto her were the pressures of the external. Imposed was reservation of femininity's sway. In new ways would she have to breathe the spirit's call to align with the energy of the river in her heart. She sought to pursue purpose in the art from the start creator of many things. How she was enthralled by the glow of beings who cared for her, shared with her what they knew, of places and spaces far away from which they were blown, speaking to her of a motherland they'd never been to but insisted, that yellow river flowing is for you. Charity was taught the power of names, family histories, unraveled were the mysteries of how they had arrived. Of Jah Most High she was taught, in him she laid her fears to rest. In the shadows of the dark her faith was tested as a child, comfortable in nature with a soul so wild. Canals, bayous, and rivers were her places. The turtles, snakes, frogs, and fish always knew her by the pace of her heartbeat. She tasted the rain, endured the pain of flood and wind, to distant land that nature send her in her kin away. From the swamp they were born in and in that distant place, Charity went into the dark, hiding for a long time in the depths of her heart until she heard the buzzing of bees beckoning for her to return. And the swamp lands this child came to learn the secrets of the past, the realities of presence, responsibilities of future. Through practice, nurture, and care, she worked hard for knowledge while climbing a social stair. Beauty was made known to her. It felt good to receive the love according to what was known. Shown was much affection for the gifts she shared. From her people, she knew much love and care. She wanted to heal and seal her place among them, doing everything she could, becoming ever confused by her dilemmas in love and its languages. She wanted to fit the swamp like a glove, but she had a hard time expressing her mind, not the best with time and not always equipped with adequate words. Complicated was learning to take her turn. Oh, how she yearned for the love of a man to make her secure on holy land. Protection of hands sought, external love wanted so bad to rest in the embrace of a warrior with a soul hard and strong, but no such luck with powers wide as a river. As much as she wanted it, God just would not deliver. Wouldn't give her what she asked for, so down a dark road she went in ambition. She took her femininity and made it a commodity arching her back, flashing smiles, and speaking to be heard. All the time, speaking her mind and her heart's desperation, wanting badly to rise from her station to vacation and ease of escaping responsibility, she gave herself to a slave master of material wealth who coveted her soft flesh, but more than that he desired her effect on the land. She was known for the power of her hands over soil and water, a water daughter. The slave master saw his crops grow tenfold, and bound was charity when she told him her gifts were divine that should be aligned for usage. The demon turned putrid 
tired and humid as he locked her up. Charity found bad luck, but she knew she could change. She got herself into this mess. She could rearrange it. She started saying prayers and languages long lost to spirits of the river that deliver many things and bondage. She learned to sing, feel, and heal for no one but herself. In Jah Most High, she found her truth, okay with the quiet and the temple keeping unseen, the water in her river not for sale, attention and opulence not worth the hell of emotional damage and contamination. Her water would not be for tears. She was remedying, she was remedying the toxicity of hundreds of years. She left behind the lies that made her feel she was old. Her power was gifted to her to grow old as a leader, healer, and teacher, procurer of things, wearer of rings. The water asks for nothing in return when rich sediment it brings. Charity recognized herself for a being of power. When it rained, she ran out to let it shower her skin. She cleansed herself of sin. No longer was her body a boot for the master's lust. She used his blind desire against him to gain his trust. Older now than before, she knew so much more, charms fluid and mighty. Her touch was soft and her voice heaven. She learned the art of healing from a woman of the number seven. Charity was a master now of biding her time. She learned a man from the motherland had arrived in Bourbonshire, very wealthy, a prince apparently from a tribe unstolen. That security maintained by the bonds that were broken with her own ancestors. A past grandfather, he said, had sold her people over a long time ago and gold was given to his clan and granted was the land, but terribly the people came to realize when the rain stopped falling the birds stopped calling and the livestock died the spirit of the river had been among the women shipped away the prince made a show of his wealth to distract the demon master all to speak to charity alone he asked her about the past and the present what she'd seen and if her soul was clean he asked for help my ancestors need rest he said burdened by misfortune unrested what it did the river was polluted and the holy grounds looted it's due to the mistakes of my forefathers who sold you for the sake of gold as if you were not golds incarnate from the legends told namesake of the river help me make it right in my plight i ask for nothing in return just oblige the blessing i offer in a wish from you it's my command on my word and honor as a prince. Charity came up with a way to clear the debt. She told him what she needed and the prince left. She prayed to God that his word would be kept. Number two, rebellion of the spirit. Song was sacred, called up from deep in the chest, passed down through spirit, sang with the whole body, swinging machetes and planting feet firm into the ground. Crops go green and lush to the frequency of sound, heavy with rhythm and melodies of the past. When languages were lost, it was song that lasted. Faith was called on in the fields with song and speech the lower class could heal. Miracles of speech achieved through holy vibration for power of speech achieved and song couldn't be taken away. Stored in the mind passed down in ritual. Song and oral storytelling were ritual and Bridget was known for the power of her voice forever proclaiming choices. She chose how she would be. Without fear of demons, grounded strong as a tree. When she sang in the fields, her voice was heard loud. She was proud and heavy-hearted like thunderous dark clouds. When the thunder would clap, she felt her spirit was found. She stopped being afraid a long time ago. She felt pain just like anybody else, but flesh was flesh. Spirit was spirit. To get to her spirit, you'd have to work to break her flesh. The overseers knew she wasn't easy to arrest. She was rebellious and calculated and challenged to authority, never conforming to the press of false superiority. Using her voice and drums to send secret messages in song and rhyme, she could speak in plain day the destruction of enemies they'd never catch on until the delivery of energy. Lightning from the sky would strike an overseer down. The lash would whip her back and master's children would drown. They knew to keep her from the house cause she would burn it down. Not welcome in the kitchen, she would poison the food. Ask her and she'd say she was nobody's slave. This was just a purgatory till she got to freer days. She spoke to no one her creator would make a way even if she feared she wouldn't let this stay she would say i was put on this earth to be alive for me in self-advocacy i manifest bravery i will achieve my freedom by storm fire and blood mess with me and i'll send a hurricane i will call on the flood out to drown your crops and make your roots rot i got the lightning to deliver from the tip of my fingers 
I am restful in the space where the spirits linger. I'll sit at the graves of my people who you destroyed. I'll come back with their power and skill to remind you all. Vengeance for blood, lust, and crimes of abuse will be had. I was told stories of my past life who was armor clad. She was free, quick as a breeze, bright as a rainbow, mother of nine tributaries flowing. I know my name. You thought you stole it, assumed you were strong enough to hold it. You thought you could choke the sound from my throat? I am the ruler of the darkness. I sleep easy in the underworld. I keep the gate of transition on a mission. Come with me, Bridget told her people around a secret fire in the woods. We strike the master's house in the pitch of the night. Better to die in retribution than grow old without a fight. I'm not scared, no reason to fear anything anymore. I've lost my people, sold and hung at the squares. I'm not losing no more. Over emotions, over potions and quiet conjuring, summoning, praying. I'm ready to make them hear me, feel me when I speak. With thunder, make the demons get weak and watch them squeak like mice. Foot heavy on them like a house falling on a witch. Twitching at my wrath. Can you feel it, hear it? Ancestors saying you gotta be, I'm sorry. Ancestors saying you gotta have courage to heal it. I let go of the past as I move through the future. I become as I will be. Through strength of self-accountability, mobility is due to me. I will be free. I live for myself first. I refuse to be a slave. I will no longer be subdued, used, abused, and cast out to freeze and rain. The rain heals my pain. I raise my hands to the sky and deliver it as a sacred relic sent from Jah Most High. A sacred scarf of indigo shimmering and fine. She covered her head with it until she crossed the line of the master's mansion property properly, hidden in shadow, creeping up past the pigs silently dispatching them and shutting their eyelids incapacitating hounds and stalking further ahead to the house of olympian with their weapons drawn just about to storm the house when a woman stepped outside into the cicada singing night she'd sensed bridget coming and stepped forward braced for a fight bridget looked upon this woman with skin of mahogany how could she death step between bridget and her destiny no respect for the black mistress charity Proclaiming, get out of my way or you will be the first to die. Charity said, I welcome you to try. Bridget took off her scarf and held it as a whip to wield. From the folds of her gown, Charity pulled the dagger from her hip. It changed into a spear and the two women collided, the power of two rivers surging into alignment. They fought quiet, neither wanted the demons to hear. Bridget's scarf moved like shimmering black water in the night. Charity's spear arced golden light. Both women were descended from river spirits, incarnates of the women who left the shores with their people, persistent to keep contact, connected in bloodline contract, holy women, who passed down power across generations. Here they were battling in the night, neither winning or draw concluded the fight, and Bridget spoke. How could you betray and lay with the master? How could you fight me? One of your own. You would lay down for demons. These are your colors shown. Charity replied, you know not what you speak. You think me treacherous and that I understand. But complex are the circumstances of our bodies on this land. Never simple. Never black or white. You may not reduce me to what you feel is wrong or right. I've been fighting all my life to make it out of this hell. If you attack them now, you will ruin my plans. I beg of you to be patient and you'll see. I'm coordinating something years in the making more sacred than vengeance i can help you attain more retribution to see you and me back to our old shores be still trust me and you will see come with me tomorrow i will take you to meet the third water daughter of our sacred trinity number three healing hands of marie marie was born with healing in her hands Black hair down her back, she carried knowledge in the strands. She was blessed with visions and memories which weighed her spirit heavily, but steadily she found strength to carry responsibility. Energy was felt when she knelt before altars to black Madonnas, sacred to the women of her tribe and clan of House Malani, the water healers, the powerful dealers of number seven's frequency, gold and silver gleaming off the ears and rested on the chest, rings on nailed fingers for holding and lifting, protecting and gifting. They called on the venerated mother spirits who stewarded the holy child, and Marie was granted the flood of visions of her form as queen of oceans in her ancestral past. She found hints and clues in seven figures, blues present in dimensions of her life, sacred and resonated in her heart, did the study of spirits and root work align. 
She knew the histories passed down to her of the lineage of coastal clans, of the motherland whose seven skirts swung in water. Silver pieces gleamed and marked was her body in homage to the Sun Tribe, to which her own mother was the passer of the bloodline Bobancha girl down. She was covered in symbols and sacred figures, suns and moons, hummingbirds and swimming fish, leaping dolphins and serenity prayers. By these tattoos, she shared the history of Mino legacy. Through paths of change, high and low, like water flowing, Marie was fluid of spirit, emotionally in tune, Scorpio woman, whose love for her people was fear as lightning striking with the tide, a healer of mighty spirit. She asked no aid from the priest, her pain was her own to cleanse, with determination she steadily wiped the lens clean, so her eyes could see and her soul would be free. She removed herself from the limited realm of masters, choosing to live with the river people in the swamp, who were great fishermen, alligator hunters, so powerful she attracted powerful lovers. She was loved by the spirit of the river and a thunderbird, and her sacred womb delivered powerful children belonging to the water wild. Marie was known among many for her mystical ways, her jewelry, her tattoos, feminine and stylish ways. Master of footwork, rhythm channeled from the earth, small stature but oceanic in her spirit, comfortable in roles of man and woman. Her hands mastered many trades, mastered navigating many lanes. A dimension hopper, heart stopper, course through had she passed the weight of chasing love. Through many trials she mastered self-love, comfortable in independence. Her house was a temple sanctuary for periled women and children and elder worker by profession. She cared for the old sick and passing on, mending their bones, cleansing their souls for passage with songs of the ocean waves from different days. It was her the slave master's mistress charity sought out she came heavy with a soul robbed of its water and gold she could feel from far away the strange sway of a river neglected and rejected marie took charity's hands recognizing her own self through touch she felt memory rush through of the friendship of sisters one golden and one blue power over water with the skills at the height of old empires they had come here together and passed life but were separated now they saw each other the veil of amnesia penetrated like a spit through thick ice together the women prayed away the grip of trauma vice and what was singular was twice as strong through healing song charity and marie further changed and clued inwardly to their former true names over time both of them prepared for task clear to them as the directions of their paths unfolded time for fate to climax charity went into the swamp to counsel with marie with her she brought another whose presence made a couple into three charity brought bridget into the territory of the maroons to discuss plans to be executed soon she introduced bridget to the black-haired marie and marie said i recognize you sister three your blackness so holy like the night and your strength is true. I know you, sister, and my heart I offer to you. You remind me of the one I knew who threw down the thunder, the keeper of the portals and gates under us. Warrior true, the trinity is completed by the arrival of you. The three women danced together at firelight, and Marie prayed the summoning of light and might. She came to see that once again they would be elemental beings bound and free. The time of bondage to Bobancha was ending at last. Destiny was approaching like the great river's flood fast. Marie and Bridget assented Charity's plan to see the people delivered to their own cherished land. Number four, the river courses clean. True to his word, the prince did as Charity asked, and purchased a large spot of fertile land, making like he wanted to be a slave owner too. So much gold was gifted to the masters, and House Olympian hosted a massive feast, expecting the prince to show, but he never did. The demon master sat around the table, stuffing themselves in gluttony. The demon king called on Charity to present herself, show off her beauty he was proud to consume and control. He looked around and saw there were no servants standing ready. Where were his house slaves, not one of them around? He went to the window and saw no one even on the grounds. It was strange. Once again, he called Charity's name. The doors to the room opened and two steps she, in a different motion, never before seen. Charity was holding her head so high, 
walking in defiance sway she was glowing her form blue green and gold emboldened by the knowing of her cycle's completion in her dreams she'd been realigned with her memories from before she'd crossed the sea with her sisters chained the demon called her charity and she said that's not my name i am oshun of the yellow river whose surface glitters with fish scales and crocodile tears it's been many years since i've felt this way so complete across mortal lifetimes this metamorphosis has taken me and now bravely i stand too mighty for you i don't choose you no i will not be used by you in your flesh i am changed time to put you in your horde to rest the demon rose from his seat, enraged by her defiance, parting his mouth to speak, but her glance rendered him silent, no match for Oshun, now unbound and detached. Her armor glinting and glowing, her skin so radiant and brown, found was the missing puzzle piece to be. Sorry, found was the missing puzzle piece to peace. Her mind was everywhere at once, past, future, and present. She felt the course of fresh water in her veins, the rivers of two lands now ruled by her hands. The morning of confrontation, she went to the river bank, cast within a coin, prayed in her heart for all herselves to join across the many dimensions, so they did. Oshun stood, and to her words, the demons had no choice to bid. She said, Sit down and choke on your own waist. Don't dare to look at me. I have endured enough for the sake of reclaiming what was taken. You will be shaken at the core. This meal will leave you sore. Rotten fester on the ashes of what is left. The karma of land and body theft. I reclaim my fertility. It belongs to me. No longer will your fields prosper from using me. I command the bees to withhold pollen and honey, and the buzzards will not initiate the disposal of your waste. You will taste from the soil the disrespected dead boiling up through the roots of your crops which rot in your chest. Did you truly expect to survive and thrive when its foundations are so foul and full of wily intent? I take away from you the privilege you assumed. I'm leaving your plantation and my own garden will grow. Your shadow will not loom to black out my son. Your evil will not doom my daughters and my sons. By force of Jah Most High's will delivered in me, I will be free, unshaken in my dignity. My flowers will bloom sweet, many bees I will keep in security. I will rest my head to sleep. I will not rely on you for my self-esteem and validation. In my own soul, I will know motivation and I'll rise like the sun and expand as the stars. My scars are mine to adore. No longer will you bruise my thighs with your imposition. Your lust will be your ruin. The rape of black women and the tainting of their spirits will leave you destroyed by descendants of the children motivated to heal the pain of their mothers, fierce in the protection of their sisters and brothers. The same whip you crack into our backs will scar you raw and heavy will you be struck by a karmic claw. My hands are as the lioness's paws, full of strength, courageous with the dawn. Long is my spear and clear is my water, water's daughter you lot are nothing more to me than pigs to slaughter can you taste it the poison in this food i made myself i sent the servants away from your wrath look out the window if you can through the coffin the slave master stood to see his field set ablaze as the others died around the table no minions to save them with his last bit of strength the angry demon attacked. Oshun raised her spear, fluid as the stream. She pierced his heart, and the slave master screamed. Oshun pressed her foot into his chest as the darkness of hell left his eyes, and his body as the others disintegrated to ash and flies. Oshun fulfilled her earthly miracles, breathing in relief. Through belief, she let go of the weight holding her down by her feet. Her form glowed gold, and free was her soul. Open in her eyes, she was transported back to the river of her birth yellow and glittering i'm sorry yellow and glittering cleansed back by her courage and her wit to its worth number five the truth of thunder bridget was tasked with setting the fields ablaze Summoning fire from the sky and incinerating sugar cane, it burned black clouds rising up in the night. 
The storm of overseers rushed into crush rebellion, pigs and hounds baying and squealing. They were met with machetes and other gathered weapons, slicing with whistle sound. The blood of the overseers soaked the fire-lit ground as they fell, sent back to hell by the ferocity of hands no longer willing to serve. The field class called out rebellion across all the land, burning mansions and fields and sending the aristocrats fleeing, pleading and begging to escape, mouths agape with disbelief. Belief. Their colony burned and the glow in the sky could be seen for miles around, heat traveling as black people marched down the river, chanting this swampy Babylon down. Bridget led her people in the darkness of the swamp through tunnels and passageways to reach the rendezvous out running the pigs and catch the hounds. They were racing to the portal of the Maroons to gather for battle. On determined feet she ran, until she and her people were surrounded by the demon horde. Bridget was ever brave in the face of her demise, but she saw in her people's eyes they were not ready to die. The demons' numbers were less, but their weapons superior. To make it through the portal now, Bridget needed a miracle. She called on the power of the sky, raising her hands and she let go calling on the energy of a form she'd left long before. Before she became mortal flesh at the shore, the clouds swirled and thunder boomed. Hard rain began to fall, lightning flashed. Bridget's body lifted into the air. Her eyes glowed white blue. Her scarf swirled around her body, radiating like rainbow fire coursed from her soul. Over her flesh, she felt a static roll. The demons stood in fear and awe as Bridget put herself between them and her people. They were not her equals. She was queen of the Nile, the Amazon, the Niger, and the Mississippi, a water daughter whose freedom was the entire sky. She proclaimed her name, I am Oya, ruler of the rainbow and pusher of transition, changing constantly as my mission shrank beneath my thunder boom. Oya, as she'd become full in spirit, cast her sacred scarf with precision. Lightning coursed through the ranks of her enemies. Her miracle summon was the delivery of wrath. Reciprocation for the lash and thrash of overindulged violence. Oya aligned in her spirit with the frequency of nine, completing and passing through. Battle made her new and true to the power of her heart. She saved her people and gave them all a head start. Free at last, she was as one with the sky again, dressed in black. She was the keeper of the light and the dark, calling all the spirits of the dead to free themselves from the haunting of the land, be rid of the trap of trauma and the weight of heavy memory. We leave it behind, clear-minded. Meet me at the bone road where the crows gather. Meet at the portal of the river's deepest point. I will open the gate and let the ghost through to emerge on the other side as ancestors knew changed whole to grow beyond and believe i am oya empress of the dark river's course i will protect you from the demon seeking to steal your soul my fire will keep you warm in the cold as you walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will remind you of courage catch your breath come on You've come too far to let this be the ending of the long song. Guiding you with the frequency of truth, I'll help you heal your scars. I will not judge you for your flaws. I give you space to be exactly who you are. Move at your own pace and my love will be known in the sincerity of space within my heart. Made for you. Quick, quick, like the pattern of the rain. Pound your feet to the drums as we walk. Calling down Jericho walls, Babylon won't stand so tall when it stands where it does not belong. Courage is inalienable, and freedom is our right, our right to fight for life. Lived, not just survived through. Walk with me through the night to the light. Number six, security and seven. Those with enough courage walked ahead to sanctuary of Maroons where all the tribes and clans were gathered. They were ready for exodus and willing to shatter the security of force fields around their hidden village to pass through and move on to more fertile land. With Ico gone, they looked to a new leader to walk them to promised land. Oya's thunder kept the demons at bay. But if the people were to march, they would need a surer way to see them safely to new space, secured by Oshun's cleverness. Marie stepped forward, her own miracle unused. She said, follow my lead and keep fear out of your hearts. No turning back once this exodus march starts. She led them from sanctuary and out into the open. 
The demons rushed in to kill, devour, and destroy, but the power of spoken word did Marie employ, summoning rosary beads and carrying a spear in the other. At the head of the procession, she spoke on all her lessons. She said with a voice soft as the surface of the water, you will not touch my own as long as I am here. She prayed to the unions of black indigenous bloodlines, praying to the oaks and cypresses standing high. She sang to the river bayous and fallen rain. She purged out the remnants of the past pain. She spoke protection over her people and they walked untouched. To land not to be stolen, a place to thrive unbroken and open, free from traumas of bondage and genocide. In this place, peace of mind would reside. The gardens would grow and the hummingbirds would pass. The turtles would swim and the dragonflies would dance. The gators would cruise through the water, the pelicans would fly high. Here recipes would maintain through many generations. The inheritance of knowledge and trade skills would persist. Grandmothers would be patient and grandfathers mystical. Pirans and nannies would be there at just the right times. And mothers and fathers would uplift their bloodlines. In time, the birds would sing, the sun would shine. The prophets born would chant holy rhyme, dance with rhythm, weave magic with strong hands, delta for far away from home would become again holy land of many tongues let them stand let them build let them feel i am willing to let go for this i'm afraid to detach but i will not lie it's the home i know so much of who i am he resides here but there is freedom for me up ahead near waters ever clear and blue i thank bobancha for her sacrifices given up from the land into my gracious hands i hope i've used my blessings wisely i'm ready now to be freed from certain burdens i'm learning what it really means to be a healer to let go and courage to fall into the embrace of my old waters i am a water daughter no longer can I stand to just yearn. I need to learn while I still have a chance. I give up dominion of the waters of this land. So inherited the currents will be to new and fresher hands. New cycles to start. It's so okay. I'm ready to be free. And if the demons come knocking, then I'll come back with Oshun and Oya rocking and shocking and blocking. Frequencies of evil. I pray my blessings of love into the soil. May our daughters love themselves. May our sons protect their wealth. Our tribes maintain health, taken into their own hands. May temples stand and altars be clean. Culture persists. The press of demons, may you always resist. Marie led the journey to the land marked for seven. Portal to heaven, holy dimension. She left the people trusting in them to be enough for themselves. She journeyed to the waters and stepped into the coursing to be changed in this realm of a different plane where she would never be the same. She was leaving purgatory to learn the truth and power of her name. Number seven, Delta Trinity. Three rivers for three sisters venerated for love, power, and prosperity. Older than their own memories, their waters carried life to the people of their deltas until those people were stolen, broken, sold, and soaked in the water of a new river. Their black soil hands made to grow things from the earth soaked by a different delta. They couldn't better see their people go, so the ancient energies made themselves flesh and crossed the ocean with their people, weeping, raging, and thrashing in the dark. They lost the memory for their people's sake. So much at stake, they submitted themselves to the test to be endured by the people, hoping one day to pass and achieve passage back across the big water where again the three sisters would flow through the lands of their mother's sisters and daughters. They watched their people change, analyzing the breaking, the chasing of identities not their own. They fought their own manipulated psyches and kept their bodies as best they could under ownership, commodifying their wombs for survival asking what is a devil if not a false idol within oneself the rejection of real wealth for the pursuit of fortune by any means so afraid to lose that one might take without consent poisoning and damming up rivers denouncing the sun inducing shivering and quivering and traumatized weakness rendering each other speechless spiritually robbed of its birthright of sovereignty the three sisters long subdued used abused forgotten begin to see themselves again begin to vanquish the chains of sin 
begin to see themselves as more than just women seeking to return to Adam's rib, their hands meant for much more than rocking cribs and raising up all but themselves, they look to their shelves of medicine and administer that which has steadily been taken and awakened are the memories, rushing back like the flood of those old mother-daughter sister waters and crystal clarity pours and spills over the scarred form and the healing fills up the surface. Water fills the voids left deep, wide, barren by middle passage. There is a sunbathed land carved up by the intertwining of delta bayous, soil held steady by the grace of wide oaks, civilization sustained by the strength of the black insistence to exist and persist and resist and insist upon reclaiming her own salvation when it is clear no one will give it to her. The three sisters have come to call the swamp home, but they begin to remember and yearn for their own deltas. Egypt's sister no longer adequate shelter, the air is too subdued. Hazy, lazy, comfortable, too stable, too enabling. The three sisters who followed their people across the water find their purpose not so clear. Their waters muddied by fear and years of tears, anguished by solitude, continually unremedied. One sister, who went into the water and emerged in another world, prays to Jah Most High, wiping tears from her eyes, no longer asking why she does not have. She speaks to God only what she seeks to give, but let it be in freedom, health, wealth. May her soul's clarity be ever more felt through her own exodus. She is ready as ever the ghosts of her past have been left behind, purged by incense in the upholding of boundaries. Her temple fortified, her mind cleansed of its doubts, and her lineage given clearance to move ahead. She looks to the sky and she calls forth the water. She did not fear the booming of thunder. Its vibrations invigorated her and she stood boldly before the flashing of lightning and smiling for the humidity building up, the static stimulation of the rolling clouds, heavy with the gray of collected experiences, of gathered memories, of lessons learned within the bounds of fasting, strategic, strategic chastity, patiently discerning the moment when she would hear God speak with the elements, the repetition of numbers, the presence of the wild manifesting consistently in her otherwise urban dimension. She felt the touch of a veil she could not see, an unwinding of a matrix, the opening of portals at dawn and dusk, and she trusted her senses to tell her what was coming. A clap of thunder and the crash of lightning manifested a form before her which she had long forgotten, but upon seeing her remembered instantly the intensity of her sister. Dressed in black, indigo, and bone ivory, her sister was the one who summoned the winds, poured the rains, fed not the pain of shackled chains, her electric rage strong enough to break them from her wrist. She told the sister, once named Marie, but the title was forgotten, and she was now Sister Blue, passing through the in-between, and the sister from the sky said, I was flying past and saw you down here beneath your sycamore praying beneath the passing of the sun and the moon many days. I waited until Jah Most High said you were ready. It seems you are. Have you healed your scars, mapped your stars, won your wars, passed the trials, and evolved your form? And Sister Blue took a breath. Considering what she was about to leave behind, and Oya, as the sister was called, seemed to read behind Sister Blue's eyes and said, What remains here must stay here, for you have burned the incense and cleansed with your tears. Do not remain waiting in fear of losing what already does not belong to you. In that delta, you will never be truly home. If you remain, you will grow old and withered. Stagnant and alone, you've been shown the truth. I've made it clear with the washing of rain many times. Do not be blinded by your pain and rendered lame. She reached out her hand. Come with me, beloved sister. It's time you learn the power of your name. Sister Blue took Oya's hand and they flew into the sky and she watched as what she knew to be home passed by to be seen no more and she stopped looking back only forward to the sound of a river rushing toward a purpose not yet seen. She could sense all she was meant to be as Oya descended from the sky and brought her to the edge of the river flowing, growing, showing, knowing with ancient speed filled with gathered sediments the stories of its past feeding life. The pulse of the delta was heard in the river's breath and Sister Blue looked out, imagining its depths. 
All Yah's thundering clouds cleared and the sun, golden and vibrant with holy fire, appeared, reflecting diamonds across the water's surface. Her sister spoke. Some people only see the beauty of the river when it is clear. To see through to its bottom is to know it and dive in head first. No need to be cautious of what inhabits it, but this river here is rich with the nutrients of the earth gathered from its birth and from the sky and the sea. This water carries life, memory, energy. It is not meant to be understood by all, only respected its floods unsubdued. We are healing sisters. Our waters are meant to be used, but we can do nothing for those who fear the storm, who shrink before the rush. We can do nothing for those who simply want to watch our rivers. We can only heal those who know how or seek to learn how to swim, dive in. Sister Blue lacked at her sister, realizing suddenly that she'd been given a command. I can't see what's in the water, and the current is too strong. I'll drown. And Oya laughed. Sister, do you think I've come all this way to let you drown? I thought your courage was found beneath the sycamore. Shall we turn around? The way Oya asked the question, triggered a quiet knowing in her spirit suddenly she understood just as she did with the coming and passing of the kind men in their cycled ways she'd been here before tested for sure something told her though that she would not be presented before this test again this here would be the beginning or it would be the end she didn't know where the strength came from but she jumped into the river and felt her body propelled by the current racing toward destiny and she was shocked by the chill of the water but calmed herself seeing her sister flying in pace and she remained still as the river carried her on her way where is it taking me sister blue asked and oya said it is not for me to say but it will be revealed in time keep an open mind you never know what you'll find remember to stay kind and with that her sister rose into the sky and went away and sister blue suddenly grew afraid again the anxieties induced by the brown of the unclear river sinking in she'd prayed for freedom but the rocky rush of water had not been what she'd meant her mind convinced her there were monsters water demons who would pull her beneath she saw a branch in the river and grabbed a hold of it her journey interrupted what are you doing sister Sister Blue heard the voice and looked around to find its source, but saw no one. I'm afraid of this rough water and what lurks beneath. And Sister Blue looked to where the diamonds shimmered across the water's surface and rose from it was a woman in gold, emerald, and cerulean. She smiled at Sister Blue and proclaimed herself Oshun. Sister, don't you have more faith than that? The river's track is set. You're on your way. The water is quick, yes, and the current strong. Your body is indeed submerged and you cannot see what's beneath. But I challenge you to trust me. Do not rush me to stimulate your sense of security. You're not knowing the way my water is cleansing, growing, baptizing. You feel the rush of water, but your head remains above. Your lungs are clear with Oya's air. You see that if you just stop and breathe, believe. Your memory certainly is subdued. I never knew you to feel water's embrace. What happened to put such fear on your face? Sister Blue looked at her sister and found more memory returning, finding a subduction of yearning replaced by learning gathered from the crystal eyes. She never imagined she'd find the kind of love manifested before her radiating gold. It was a love unsold, a love which would not fold. It was old love, the love of shared wounds, the love of shared wounds. Oshun said, there is no beginning, middle, or end to ever be remembered between us. Only the union and continuation and alignment. We do not need to speak on what is known. We have always been three sisters, you, Oya, and me. Can you feel the embrace of old memories refreshed by the water? New. Tell me, sister. What is so heavy that it weighs you? And Sister Blue cried out, I have been hurt, sister. I want to heal, but my patience won't let me. I want to give and love, but the men don't want me. I want to sustain truth, but my own heart will not let me discern it. Oshun's eyes grew serious. Unlearn it. This energy of pity. Unlearn envy, doubt. Do not live to be offended. Do not be traumatically long-winded. Sister, do not over-explain. 
Do not waste time complaining about what is lame. Change what has festered the same. I know your ways, for they are mine as well. I know the pain of portals open by touch. When the water swells, you want them to tell you that it's not for nothing. You want them to reassure you of your power's appreciation, intuition to be vindicated. You want them to desire you, but sister, you cannot control that. You cannot make anyone see. You cannot force anyone to be. And this journey is meant to help you see that you can be a great many things beyond the limitation of your strong-held infatuations. Grow, know, show. Our creator has much in store. But you must believe you are worth more than what you receive, that there is far more to learn than what you believe. I do not ask you to be immune to fear. I only ask that you let me hold you near. For I am here and they are not. Let your search for external love rest in the swamp. It's not your burden and neither is it theirs, sister. You must learn to filter the caring. Let the river cleanse you so you may understand the true meaning of love, for your perception is weighted with the soot of pollution. You are unbalanced in that place because the pace does not match the quicksilver of your evolving spirit. You are my sister, and to be my sister is to know true love, love which manifests as more than burdened hugs and empty statements. Never again shall you succumb to the energy of empty proclamation. Love is action. Love is sure attraction. Love is motion and reaction, reciprocation, stimulation. Love is consistent. Love is truthful. Love is old and it is youthful. It is useful. It is growing. Knowing, showing. Love as it truly exists is what you've missed. But you must understand no one else is responsible for this. The love which I've taught you to recognize is not to be sought in external eyes. The love I've shown you, you've forgotten, but are coming to remember once more. You come to understand again the love of your own shores, the love of your own being. You do not need to prove anything. You do not need to be anyone's anything. You love yourself. You keep your temple and you mind its entrance. You fill your voids with your own waters. You are the strongest of waters, daughters. Don't you see that yet? Don't you understand whatever needs are to be met must be met by yourself for you or the source of wealth and health? You've been seeking to give what should be sought from you. You've offered too much, and so your spirit is abused by your own overuse. Accountability is necessary, for whatever you have manifested is a result of your own estuary's contamination. Do not let hard-headed pride and arrogance block the stimulation of your sediments. Do not damn the river, or you will fail to deliver the true love from your core to yourself and anyone else. Do not waste time asking questions, for in the need to ask lies the answer. Do not be destabilized by kindness. You are not used to it, but you must grow accustomed to its embrace, for you are deserving of the stimulation of affection, protection, and you must do the work to not hurt yourself and kind men in your pain. Part of water's responsibility is the keeping of secrets. Psychic energy courses through our brains. We know more than anyone else the brain, and when we are stimulated by the proximity of solid frames it can render us tame lame suddenly thrust into a game of poking and prodding trying to figure out where the danger is or isn't where love is or isn't insisting and on a mission because we do not understand that where one thing manifests lies the passage to manifestation of more but faith must be kept to open the door no more should you fear the loss of anything more than you embrace the changes which usher in everything Water must keep moving, always. And if one is thirsty, they will drink. If they know how to swim, then they will swim. Do not beg to teach them. Do not flaunt your current. Do not rage in despair at the drowning. Do not grow bitter at the rejection of what you wish to offer. Water's daughter, you know better. To be so destabilized is a hint to your own clouded eyes. You are angry at inadequate upkeep of your temple, but the truth persists. Well, why did you let them into your sacred spring so easily? You are the guardian of your gate, and it is up to you to officiate the entrance of all souls. There would be no need to grow cold and fragile if you grew more agile in your love of self. It becomes armor, fitted like a glove, and it keeps you stable. High above the tug of offense, there is no need to be hurt by anyone who you are not dependent on. There is no need to seek in one which you will find in many. But there lies the symptom which must be remedied. 
You've grown lonely in your memory loss, sister. You believe yourself subject to the slow standards of the war- physical. I'm sorry, y'all. You believe yourself subject to the low standards of the physical world. You believe that you are unworthy of your dreams of better. You assume you cannot attain more. But I assure you, the world is full of others just like you, doing the work of healing and cleansing, seeing and believing, achieving. And even if they weren't, the bounty you walk into certainly fills voids. You will find in time through the karmic loop of kindness and spiritually minded intentions that the union of your feminine to a worthy masculine will manifest through the end of your search. You will no longer seek, no longer be rendered weak with longing, too busy doing healing work, basking in belonging and purpose. So Sister Blue, you understand now I am not here to hurt you. And even if I was, I could not hurt you more than hurt could be delivered onto you by you. Let go of the branch. Sister Blue was awakened from her trance induced by Oshun's speech. And she realized she was still clutching her stabilizer in the current. She felt herself changed by Oshun's words and memories of power flooded her mind. She recalled the deep blue force of her vast past and she exhaled for the reach of her infinite future. Her blood no longer felt heavy but light and ever clear. Flowing cool in her veins, she breathed with a knowing in her spirit of her own capacity to kepper herself, to forgive those who touched her and opened the portals she'd struggled to close. She cured herself of the wrath she'd struggled to subdue, and she let go of the branch, letting the river carry her secure enough now to not thrash in panic. She turned in the water to rest on her back, no longer concerned with the river's depths stimulated only by its touch and its sounds as she closed her eyes and enjoyed the ride securing the protective embrace of her golden sister she decided if she was to be touched then it should be in this way that if she was to keep a temple entrance would be earned with reciprocation without exceptions and she wished for the rains to send a quiet thanks to all the kind men who had initiated her changes praying that one day She'd be well enough to receive love in all forms, strong enough to process the stimulation of kindness when it no longer induced shock which turned to blindness. She saw herself for the worth of silver, shells, pearls, and the bounty of the ocean. She metamorphosed with fluid motion from man-seeking into heavenly devotion, chosen, open, riding the current, no longer fearing the clearing of karma, freedom manifested by any means. She turned down no blessing and beheld to no debts. She would not fear herself. She would not subdue the powers illuminated to her by her sister's channeling of memories. Remedied in her spirit was the toxic poison which had seeped through the wombs of mothers to daughters across generations which kept them bound in stagnance. She was carried toward her purpose, to practice, sustained by grace and patience, elevated. She opened her eyes only when the current slowed and she breathed in the smell of different water, cool with salt. She turned herself in the embrace of what was no longer river but sea. She did not gasp at the sight of a shore, one she recognized from long before. She was not surprised by anything anymore. Her memories returned. She was sure, more sure of the blue of her own water than anything else. She swam to the sand of a glittering beach where her sisters waited, arms outstretched. They embraced her and she embraced them in return. They led her down the shoreline to a temple and told her, This temple is for you to keep, for you to remain, to change constantly and remain the same. They gifted her with silver jewelry, pearls, and fabrics of indigo, jade, sea green, cerulean, and periwinkle. They washed her hair with salt water and adorned it with shells. And it was Oya who asked, Do you remember your name? Sister Blue looked out at the blue tide, shifting beneath blue sky, clean and light tears falling like crystals from her eyes. She smiled wide and spoke with a voice soft as the sand she needed her toes into. Lamanja, Lemoja, Yamaya. Upon the speaking of her name, Yamaya walked into her temple, 
lit her incense and dusted off her shells. She wrote a letter to Jamos Tai, thanking him for true love which had lifted her out of dread, beyond the place where memories had been stolen, beyond the dependency upon the external, beyond depression, anxiety, and hopelessness. She thanked God for her power and the purpose tasked to her to heal with water's fluidity. She said, I am able to truly love you now because I am able to love myself for what I am, not what I had aspired to, to the being of someone else. She rested at peace in the quiet, no need to speak as much as before, able to maintain the calmness of the waters at her shore. She knew she could protect herself without much effort and that other people's intentions and actions were not of consequence to her destiny. There was only herself, her wealth, the Lord, and the steady flow of the rivers of the three sisters. Number eight, the epilogue of the land of many tongues, chief of the Maroons. Oyen was asked that choice by the spirit Oya. Oyen said, if there is a way to go back, then let me go. Oya nodded the rarity of this feat, but the passing of her sister in the water solidified the exchange. Spirit for flesh, flesh for spirit. My sister is renamed in the spiritual plane of her own free will. And so, through the portal back to the living, you may return and live. Oyen thanked Oya and stepped through the portal into a dimension so different to the one left behind. Peace in the air, where peace had been so hard to find. Oyen walked across land back to Olivia, smiling in a space she said to be her own, where she'd grown a blossom in Katlaha Grove. She said Oshun, who we once called Lady Charity and Mistress of the Master, came to me while you were bound to the fighting ring. She asked me to use my growing to build up our independent economy, bought and secured for us. That was before Iko and the others went to save you. Time moves differently in the underworld, I guess. A few years have passed. I thought you long laid to rest. Olivia embraced Oyen in love and cried tears of joy. She brought Oyen inside to show them a gift delivered. Not long after the three sisters returned to the rivers, Oyen unfolded the pieces wrapped in cloth, not believing the sight of their amino armor long lost. It was the suit worn at the Battle of Cabango, along with their mantles and the holy dagger. A letter from friends in high and low places proclaimed the ascension of the sisters was stimulated by their arrival in Bobancha. The sisters had remained in the heaviness of the swamp, waiting for a leader strong enough to carry the crown. A protector and guide to the people of holy ground found, Oyen placed the armor on gifted by three women never even met, who made a place for them anyway through metaphysical alignment. Love like that of this story knows no bounds exemplifying positive karmic cycling 360 degrees around love which courses wide low high and tall catches you falling checks your stalling you feel it in your spirit calling oyen's mother fell in bravery at the battle long ago but the ripple effects had coursed all the way to bobancha bayou's flow not present physically, but alive in all the sounds, the richness of the ground, the peace of home found. Love is so universal. It need not know your name. It works in balance. Staying true and ethical to the game, remaining faithful in your land, like the rivers flow. Delivering sediments from far away, destiny delivers in this way, as it did for Oyen. The mother now an ancestor of much power. Through time and space, she'd knocked down many towers on Oyen's behalf. Many miracles achieved, unseen, through mysterious ways, she'd aided her children in coursing clean. These messages are cryptic and deeply woven for protection in plain sight. With these stories, the Okalliope leaves the past behind. To the future is where I now go to find much peace and purpose. However, wherever, whenever it comes. Hope you've enjoyed the story of the land of many tongues. And that is the wrap up of the land of many tongues saga. 
I hope y'all enjoyed it. It was a labor of much love and effort to write it (laughs) and to get it out, you know. But I'm so grateful for it. That, um, That poem, For Delta Trinity, the seventh poem, that was something that I actually wrote way last November. And so from that place, writing, I wrote that in November. And then essentially I wrote everything else at Amino Diaries in a lead up to circling back to that, you know. So just just thought I'd add that. Like I plan on having quite a few little discussions and different things where like talking about the work because I know it is so complex. It's so layered. There's so much going on. Um, Take your time, you know, listening to it, reading it as, as more work comes out in the future. You know, like, and maybe this is something that should be at the front of the episode, but whatever. Um, Yeah, I just thank y'all. Thank you to anybody who's listened this far. I know the work is expansive. So if you have sat this far, like, you have my love, you have my respect, you have my thanks, you have my utmost appreciation. Um, I love feedback. I love hearing what people think about it. I love hearing how people feel, um, how it impacts. And, um, yeah. So, with that, I'll say goodnight. It's a new moon. Ain't that crazy? Wrapping this up on a full, on a new moon is really not that crazy. This happens pretty often. Like, a lot of times when I'll finish pieces of work or wrap things up. It'll either be on a full moon or a new moon. So it's really not that crazy. But okay. Love y'all. Talk to y'all later. Okalaya P. Signing out. <laughs>